1: Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in, everyone, again to the Talking Tide podcast. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover. Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com, and the daily radio host of Southern Fried Sports at 102.9 FM in Tuscaloosa with you previewing Alabama's game against the Citadel. We will do that. We will also veer off that topic a little bit here in what will probably be a, a relatively short edition of and Tide. You can get it, of course, at our web host at podbean.com, various apps including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And with that, we bring in Travis Reier, uh Travis Alabama hosting uh, – the the traditional eat 'em up game before the Iron Bowl. The Citadel comes in an eleven A. M. kickoff on SEC network. And they bring that triple option back to Tuscaloosa, which of course is not something Alabama fans get to see much of, but when they do, it's always right before Thanksgiving, isn't it? It is, and it is the Southern Conference, really, if you
0: ask me uh to think about the the SOCON Uh, Triple option offenses come to mind, whether it's a former SOCON member in Georgia Southern, who we saw here in 2011, of course, rush for over 300 yards against one of the greatest Alabama defenses of all time. Uh, You know, you've got Charleston Southern in that league now. They were a form of the triple option three years ago when they came through here. More of a shotgun-oriented option team, though. What you're going to see from the Citadel on saturday is that true under center uh wing back not a not a wishbone but a a wing back formation uh with that b-back that they like to call it at the fullback spot and it's gonna be three hours or so if you if you're a triple option enthusiast like myself it's it's a lot of fun but if you're guys like Quinnen Williams and Raquan Davis and <laughs> Isaiah like Buggs, it so
1: good. No, no. these cut blocks
0: on Saturday, <laughs> they're not going to be a lot of fun.
1: Not fans of the, not fans at all of these offenses. Those that probably looks like Nightmare on Elm Street on film to them when they're
0: <laughs> prepping for this team. Yeah, and if I'm Nick Saban, I'm, I'm keeping a steady rotation of defensive linemen going in there. Look, I'm not exposing Quinnen Williams. We, You know, all the talk this week, Tua shouldn't play, Tua shouldn't play. To hell with that. <laughs> Quinnen Williams shouldn't play this week. You know, Isaiah Bug shouldn't play this week. You know, Raquan Davis shouldn't play this week. You know, you're playing a team that's going to cut block you for three hours. <laughs> Needs to be a lot of Fadarian Mathis, LeBrien Ray, Johnny Dwight. Uh, if you even want to take the red shirt off Christian Barmore at this point, run him out there too. I would not. You talk about exposing someone to injury or additional injury. This is the game you don't want to do that on the defensive side of the ball, Chase.
1: For, for the sake of continuing the, the thought, let's say f- <laughs> that, that that Nick Saban uh, takes your advice, and it's yeah. just pretty much a pretty much practically a day off for the for the for the first string. Does the Citadel put anything together with against Alabama's twos and threes anywhere near what we saw from Georgia Southern back in the day, or no? I would say no. I don't think I don't think the Citadel's got the personnel Georgia Southern had, so I don't compare the two really. But could, do you think the Citadel could get that ground game going pretty good against those guys?
0: You know the problem with that triple option. And I don't care how talented you are. Once the toothpaste gets out of the tube, there ain't no putting it back in. You know, once you see these offenses like Paul Johnson's at Georgia Tech, once they get rolling, it's awful hard to, to make it stop, to shut off that faucet. Um, and that's kind of the issue with, you know, doing what I'm suggesting with playing a lot of defensive linemen, because you know, your starters don't get a look at this offense, you know, throughout the course of a season. So when you get to that week, you got to get those guys repped up on what they're going to see Saturday, much less your twos and your threes. So... Uh, that's when it could get interesting uh, is when that, that next group that maybe doesn't get the same amount of reps uh, during the practice week goes out there and takes their shot at it. Because, again, it's just you don't see it enough.
1: You know, in, the, in this offseason following that game against Georgia Southern at the time I was on the Alabama beat – Uh, Working with the Tuscaloosa News and a source of mine at that time inside the program told me Nick Saban, it's four off triple option non-conference opponents Mm -hmm. and basically said, now he never said that publicly. But I'm told at one point Saban said, we're not playing a team like this again. And his point was, and maybe he did say that publicly, but I know he said it privately. And look, uh, his point was. This isn't anything that's going to help us. It's you know getting ready to play the Iron Bowl, then a conference title game, then a big bowl game, playoff game, etc. Uh, he, it's because it's such a unique offense. The de- it's a throwaway week in terms of overall progress for Alabama's defense.
0: Yeah, I think there's some validity to that. I will say that Auburn in its run game and kind of its overall offensive scheme it's sort of triple option oriented it's just entirely different though i mean it's not under center it's not the the quick action that you see uh maybe with the veer stuff and and things like that um there's a little bit of carryover but probably not so much this year because i don't anticipate this auburn offense chase with the struggles that auburn has had running its base offense in the ground game coming in here a week from saturday thinking it's going to be able to you know, run it 40, 45 times in that game against Alabama. I think by the time Auburn gets here uh, that, that Saturday, going to be more of a spread passing attack with Jared Stidham and those receivers uh, than anything else. That's what we saw against Georgia last Saturday for the most part anyway.
1: No doubt, no doubt. And another big difference between a pure triple option and some of the other options you see is, is that really only in the triple are you going to have five offensive linemen firing out thigh high um it kind of, kind of you know in unison, mm-hmm. in unison uh, and because that's a different ball game at the line of scrimmage it's not just a different ball game for the linebackers who are trying to handle cut blocks it's a different ball game like you said Quinn and Williams those guys up front they're dealing with something a little bit different too in terms of that but uh,
0: yeah if you're on the play side Saturday and you're a defensive lineman for Alabama you're getting double teamed if you're on the back side and you're Raquan Davis or or Isaiah Bugs <laughs> You're getting cut blocked, you know, trying to cut you off from from pursuit and making the play from from that angle. So yeah, it it is entirely different. And there's there's been changes made to the cut block rules uh in this last off season, but not enough to sort of, you know, keep it from being uh an issue perhaps for Alabama's defensive front.
1: Yeah, ask Mac Wilson about that new rule and that block he got with Trayvon <laughs> Williams from outside five yards. <laughs> Trey Williams set. from Texas A&M. I think he got him at about twelve yards uh, okay. to, to spring Kevin Mond on that big run. Uh, back in October, uh, the Alabama defense, Travis. Where do you see that sitting right now? Seems to be hitting a stride here late in the season. It doesn't seem; it's obvious. Two straight shutouts. They've been playing extremely well, and you, I wonder if I, I still wonder if if this secondary has uh, quite the seasoning it needs. Certainly not as much as uh, the, the the veteran secondary Alabama had a year ago. But it sure seems like this front seven is looking like any other Alabama front seven in a lot of ways
0: yeah definitely against the run you know since Missouri uh this defense has really put the shutdown on opposing ground games I don't think they've given up more than 70 rushing yards in any of their last four games uh the defensive front we seem to always go back to that right now but Between those three guys, Bugs, Davis, Quentin Williams, 19 tackles for loss in the last five games. Quentin alone has more than half of those. He has 10 of those in the last five games. Isaiah Bugs with six, Raquan Davis with three. So that's where it's all started. Uh, And and I think, you know, Mac Wilson has certainly picked up his play. And we heard Nick Saban talk about it earlier in the week. Maybe some simplification of some things uh, defensively has helped them. Uh, free them up to to play more and and have to perhaps worry themselves with less but whatever the reasons it's been a it's been a great four weeks or so four games or so of play by this Alabama defense
1: a lot of penetration by this group I mean mean, the front 7 they're getting eight tackles for loss per game on average they're actually I I was looking at this the other day I'm not they're about to have. They're going to probably end up with five guys in double-digit TFLs, right? Because mm-hmm. Miller and Quinn and Williams and Isaiah Bugs are already in du- double digits. Dylan Moses is one away. He's sitting at nine. Anthony Jennings is sitting at six and a half. He'll get he'll get three and a half before this year's done. I'm not sure. I I, I bet you that's a first at Alabama yeah. under Saban. You don't well, see that. You look at even
0: just. Uh as far as defensive line duos and man you think about the great ones that have been around here in the last four or five years you know you had a and uh a robinson jonathan allen together you had uh, uh jonathan allen together with deron Payne a couple of years ago jonathan allen with dalvin tomlinson right now isaiah bugs and quinn williams together have 26 tackles for loss through 10 games uh there, there hadn't been a, a duo under nick saban up front on that defensive line that's had that type of production in terms of negative plays like we're seeing and right now Quentin, you know he's got 14 tfls and 10 games you know that great year that jonathan allen had a couple of years ago jonathan allen had 16 and 15 games you know Quinnen's already got 14
1: yeah and they've only played 10 games yeah Williams is on a run like like I don't think we've seen in in Mm-mm. a long time by a defensive lineman at Alabama, especially an interior guy anyway he's just he's just been unblockable uh pretty much all season but especially of late all right, the talking tide podcast gonna step aside now for a couple of. Uh, sponsor thank yous, starting with North River Dental Associates and Dr. Doctor Jack Smalley. For all of your family's dental needs, go to North River Dental uh, right off of McFarland Boulevard at 1100 Fairfax. Phone number 752-3506. You can book an appointment at com. They're great working with the insurance people. They're great with the speed. They will get you in and out in less than an hour on an average routine cleaning And for sure, they'll get you reminded any way you need to about your dental appointment. They can shoot you a text. They can remind you by email. They can give you a phone call or none of the above. If you don't want any of that and you trust yourself, uh, that's fine too. But uh, they keep up with you and you keep up with them for sure. It's North River Dental Associates. Also want to thank Urban Cookhouse, the outstanding Farm to Fire to Table restaurant at 1490 North Bank Parkway, right off of Rice Mine Road. Vince Hunter and his staff cooking up some outstanding food on those big green egg smokers. And the convenience just can't be beat. They've got that pickup window for you. Uh, All you got to do is call your order in ahead. The phone number 561-6999. And you can buzz right through that pickup window get a take-home deal, got a real good Thanksgiving deal over there right now for ninety-five eight eight to 10, really actually about 12 people uh, can feed on this. Three pounds of thick sliced smoked turkey, a couple of sides, a dozen orange or yeast rolls. You can't beat it. Uh, The holiday special over at Urban Cookhouse.
0: I'm gonna tell you about Mercedes-Benz of Tuscaloosa out there at 3200 Skyland Boulevard East for the very best selection of automobiles, both new and certified pre-owned. It is Mercedes-Benz of Tuscaloosa. Go to mercedesoftuscaloosa.com right now. Check out the great website. It's outstanding. You'll get all the details about the winter event going on out there at Mercedes-Benz of Tuscaloosa. Also, a chance to sort of scout out and you like to do your prep work when you go into the car shopping mode, you can do that at mercedesoftuscaloosa.com because every automobile as it sits on the lot today is featured on mercedesoftuscaloosa.com. Go to the website first, mercedesoftuscaloosa.com, then make your way to 3200 Skyland Boulevard East for the very best in selection, sales, and service. After the sale, it's Mercedes Benz of Tuscaloosa. Also, our very good friends right there in downtown Tuscaloosa Carty and Lloyd, Attorneys at Law. Let me go ahead and give you that phone number in case you're in need of legal assistance. 205, uh, that's that's going to get you in touch with Cartier and Lloyd right here now. 205-759-1554. 205 759 1554. That's going to get you in touch with Carty and Lloyd, Attorneys at Law. And in Mike Carty and John Lloyd, you're teaming with a couple of attorneys who have a combined 60-plus years of legal experience between them. Make the call today, Two zero five seven five nine one five five four. Also, check out the website, com. That's Carty and Lloyd, Attorneys
1: at Law. I can throw in a double voucher there because I've had occasion to... Uh... I've uh, some business with Carty and Lloyd in the last 12 months or so and, and could not have been happier with uh, the way that has turned out. So, uh, definitely Carty and Lloyd, where you want to go uh, for legal services around Tuscaloosa. The Talking Tide podcast continues uh, Podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. Chase Goodbrand and Travis Ryer. Got to take a look around what is clearly a weak SEC schedule here in week 12. Travis, Alabama not the only team uh, playing a lesser opponent. Lots of blowouts coming uh, around the Southeastern Conference. It's the week that uh, people who don't like the SEC love to dump on the SEC. <laughs> and it's because
0: when the SEC takes this weekend, there's just not as many good games for people around the country to watch. So They get ticked off. And they you know they they get they get angry with the AC, uh, the SEC for not bringing it each and every week, but it is. I mean, there's 11 different games this weekend involving SEC teams. Good bread, where do they get all the on-air talent to televise these games? I mean, every one of these games are televised. You got 3 games on SEC Network Alternate this week. Um it is a weekend that only the SEC Network could love. There's no denying that, but yeah, you only have a couple of games actually that involve uh, conference versus conference matchups. Uh, Mississippi State and Arkansas. Mm. You got Missouri and Tennessee. That's your SEC on CBS game of the week, Chase. That's the kind of week it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're Gary Danielson, this is the week if you're going to screw up and have some kind of big blunder on air. This is probably the week you want to do it, isn't it?
0: It is. You know, it's such a bad week, though, around college football in general. Your ABC primetime game with Fowler and Herb Street, okay, Saturday night is Cincinnati UCF. That's your national game on CBS. Now, of course, you're going to have Notre Dame Syracuse up in the Bronx uh, at Yankee Stadium. That'll be interesting earlier in the day on NBC, but, you know, it's not the SEC's fault that the rest of the country can't pick up the ball and run with it for one weekend. So that, that's kind of where we're at going into this one.
1: Missouri at Tennessee. We'll take a real quick look at that one before we get out of here, maybe touch on Ole Miss Vanderbilt as well. But the Tigers, a team that have been up and down all year, mostly down. It's definitely not been the kind of uh, season that Tigers fans were hoping for. Ditto Tennessee, although Tennessee seems to be hitting a bit of a stride here uh, of late in, uh as we near the end of Pruitt's first season there.
0: Yeah, Pruitt going to make a case for SEC Coach of the Year if the Vols somehow reel off four in a row to end this season. And as we've seen in years past, especially even with the the really good Tennessee teams, once Tennessee gets to November, that schedule sort of lightens up and gives the Vols a chance to finish what it looks like, anyway, from a perception standpoint, is, is 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 a strong finish, and that's not to discount the win over Kentucky last week because that's a much better Kentucky team uh, that that we've seen in a long time. But the opportunity is definitely there for for Tennessee to to get bowl eligible this week, and then not only that, if you beat Missouri with Vanderbilt left, you got a chance to move up that pecking order. Maybe you go from uh, Memphis or or, or Birmingham. Uh, to Jacksonville, you know, in in that sort of, of of way of working it through in the in the bowl pecking order.
1: Ole Miss at Vanderbilt, a couple of teams that are kind of the walking wounded, I guess. Ole Miss, especially with a ton of injuries. Vanderbilt playing at home, that as well will be an SEC network game. Uh, uh at night, 6:30 p.m. kickoff there, Travis, but. Uh, yeah, this has been one of those years where Vanderbilt's found been competitive here and there, but has found ways to lose. It's what Vanderbilt is more years than not. Uh, but they host a, an Ole Miss team here who's, who's uh, really kind of come apart at the seams, especially defensively. Yeah, Ole Miss,
0: usually this is the time of year where the Vandy dip really shows up because Vandy just doesn't have the personnel, doesn't have the roster. To withstand the 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 rigors of an SEC season but Ole Miss is probably in worse shape than Vandy uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball I think Scotty Phillips Ole Miss's running back may be a little questionable for this one Saturday night and while it is an SEC versus SEC matchup you know at that time Saturday night I'm probably going to be watching Texas A&M chase and UAB down in College Station because UAB goes down there at 9-1, and one, ranked in the coaches' poll at number 25. You know, that may be the sneaky good game in college football on Saturday with A&M hosting the Red Hot Blazers.
1: You, you've been scouring your options for that remote control, haven't you? Uh,
0: but yeah. I'm, 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 I've, I've been having to look under the couch and everything else for a remote <laughs> that, that would give me anything decent this week. Because the remotes I usually use, it, they're not showing up uh, much good. For Saturday
1: no usually that remote controls itself yeah exactly yeah it's gonna do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast be sure to join us again For the Sunday nighter, we'll come back at you with a a late Sunday evening recap of Alabama's game against the Citadel. We'll probably start our look ahead to the Iron Bowl a little early in that edition of the podcast as well. So for Travis Ryer, of BamaOnline.com and Southern Friday Sports Radio, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover. We'll talk to you next time on Talking Tide.